Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome on into the second half of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long hanging out with you today. The Cajun Cannon has the day off taking care of a tooth issue. Poor guy. Hopefully all goes well there. We'll be back with the Cajun Cannon tomorrow and also be joining us on Thursday. Uh, last hour you heard from Jeff Nowak, our St. Sideline reporter, who's in Mobile, Alabama this week for the Senior Bowl, taking in all the practices. We're going to definitely hit on the Senior Bowl sound bank. Uh, assistant special teams coach for the Saints, Phil Galliano, spoke today. Also, Tulane quarterback Michael Pratt had some words. But first, let's get into uh, Jeff Ireland, assistant GM and college scouting director for the Saints. Uh, it's a long interview, so wanted to break it down into two parts. Here's the first part of Jeff Ireland, and then we'll head to break and come back with the second one. But here, like I said, is Jeff Ireland at the Senior Bowl. You all have drafted a lot of players from this game. Just the importance that you put on the players here and what you see here. Well, look, this is a great game. It's a great uh, uh, accumulation of a lot of really great players around the country. Uh, it's close proximity to us, so we can bring over pretty much our entire staff without uh, putting a lot of effort into that. And so we do. And we bring all of our coaches over, bring uh, all of our scouts, obviously, and we get really good access to the players and um, and we get really good feedback from them. We just gain a lot of knowledge that maybe we didn't have uh, prior going going into this game. So it's a very important aspect of our process. And uh we try to uh, turn over every stone possible while we're here. How much can this week further an evaluation along in terms of maybe your initial grade on someone just watch them on film? To... Well, we say to the players, it's our first opportunity to get to know the player, you know, get to know the person. Uh, we know him as a player on the on the tape, and then getting up close and personal with uh, you know his background, and getting a little bit deeper into the makeup of uh, what we're looking for uh, in our locker room. So um, it, it does change, you know, it does change from you know uh, certain aspects of it. We get to learn how how uh, a guy learns, how he understands football. That football knowledge and base is extremely important to us as well. So that's how um, grades change in, in some cases. Well, I mean, uh, that's that's really between Mickey and and um, and Dennis. But you know, I think we're in a good position to to get better. Obviously, we're we're not where we want to be. Um, Obviously, we made some coaching changes, and so you know there's a process that goes into that as well. But uh, I think I do think we have a good core group of, of players uh, that we can build on. Um, you know, and from from my standpoint, I'm always ready to induce young young talent onto the football team. So I'm very excited about doing that as well. And when you guys do eventually get the new OC, does that change anything with the evaluation process, like as far as tailoring maybe to, to what that person needs to 
Yeah, you already answered your question. Yeah, obviously, we do. We tailor it to what he's looking for. There may be an offensive blocking run scheme that we're looking at, and that uh, that usually generates a different type of player that we're looking for, maybe a little bit more athletic versus a, a bulky guy in, in the middle. So, um, you know, the, um, receivers change, tight ends change, you know, whether we're playing with a fullback or not. So, yeah, it can, it can definitely change um, – a little bit of the landscape of what kind of player we're looking for, because we want it to be, uh, we want that player to schematically fit what we're doing on offense. So absolutely, just like we do on defense. Does not having that in place right now does that alter the way you go about? Just not necessarily. We're not right there yet in their process. Right now, we're still in a really, you know, a gathering information mode. Uh, we are trimming the fat from from uh, in, in some cases, but um, you know, we're ready to strike. Whether we understand what the kind of players that that they are and and so when a player doesn't fit well he just kind of goes into a different box of maybe not fitting exactly what the offensive coordinator is looking for and then so maybe this player does and so that's kind of how we go about it Jeff, how, do you, how do you look at your offensive line um, with some of the young recent investments both, both trevor and nick salivary and sort of unknown commodities does that feel like a position where you, it's really important to add another body in the draft well, I think you should add young offensive linemen pretty much every year. So, um, you know, with, with Trevor and, and Nick in particular, like I think they're really young, uh, developing, like high upside players that we're looking forward to, you know. But uh, right now we, we wish we had a little bit more information on both of them. We wish you could say, hey, these guys, we can plug them in and start. Well, I don't know we can say that right now. We got, we, what we do feel about both those players is that they should compete to start and, and give us really good depth if, uh, if they don't get there. But we should we feel like they should be uh, able to compete to start. And, and what, what is your evaluation of how it could still work out for Trevor even after two years of having well, he's had one off season. He's from a small school. We feel really good about Trevor. Um, you know, there's some things that he obviously needs to work at, and and he knows what those things are. Uh, I, I do feel like there's there's too good of an athlete, too strong of a player, too um, too many ups, too many things that he does well that uh, he shouldn't end up developing into a good player. Now, whether that's inside or outside, you know, right or left, you know, those are all going to be determined by his coach. And uh, but I think we've got a good plan and um, making sure we get the upside out of him. You see him as a player that could potentially shift inside in some form. It's really not my decision, uh, but yeah, I do think he could. Last year, we asked her about Tulane guys. She spoke highly of Tajay Spears. He ended up moving up. I think you told us last year you like mobile quarterbacks. But just what have you seen from Michael Pratt? Did you have a chance to see him play this year? I don't know if one practice here, but just kind of a, a brief evaluation. Yeah, Michael's uh, really smart, um, very accurate. I would pretty much call him a kind of more of a pocket passer than a, than a dual threat guy, but he does have legs uh, to, to move around and, and, and improvise and do some nice things. We have a nice grade on him. He's, um, he's a great kid. Uh, Willie, before he left to go to Houston, we had a we had him over the office, and we got a really good evaluation of him. So, looking forward for him to compete against these other you know quarterbacks here in this game and see how he uh, you know balances out with that group. Philosophical question, just kind of the evaluation process for you. Are there things that you say I will never change and kind of just like 
resolute on versus things that I remember like Deion Jones showed up here and weighed like 210 pounds and it just seemed like so light for a linebacker whereas things kind of changed in the league. Where do you go on kind of yeah. where you stand in your evaluation? Well, you never say never. I mean, and I've been in this league for almost 30 years. You're constantly evolving to what the what the college game is giving you and, and how the NFL game is being played. And you know, you, you bring up Deion Jones, and yeah, so there was a time where I was, I wanted 235-pound linebackers, and now, you know, most of the linebackers are playing in the 220s because it's, everybody's getting spread out, and so you have to be, you know, and you're looking for cover linebackers, and so you have to evolve. Uh, there's some things that I, that I uh, don't go too far from what I've learned. Uh, there's a lot of Parcellian things that I've learned that I'm, I'm not going to um, veer too far off of and make up, intelligence and things like that. The sizes of players are changing. Um, skill sets are changing. And so you have to evolve uh, to make sure you're getting the best athletes on the, on, the, on the field. That was our first part of assistant GM and college scouting director Jeff Ireland of the Saints there talking at the Senior Bowl. Uh, thought it was notable, obviously, a standout bite there was talking about Trevor Penning, the team obviously not giving up on the former first-round pick but something's got to materialize with this guy uh, dealing with some injuries. There's the option we've heard, you know, mentioning of moving inside from tackle to guard. And I'm curious to see if that's something obviously we see happening like during training camp, obviously, Charlie. Do we, do we see this move uh, trying to get Penning into the starting lineup? They desperately need him there. It's hard to give up on first round picks. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you use you, and you trade it up for Penning. Like, you, that was part of the Philadelphia trade to get that pick. And now, you know he hasn't worked out. It, you got to figure out how to get him involved. And I mean, Ireland mentioned this is something that Jeff was talking about last hour. That you know they still see the physical tools, the traits sure. to be in a starting offensive lineman in the NFL. He's just got a lot of work to do. He's a raw prospect. When they drafted him, he was a raw prospect coming from a small school, not really going against the type of talent that you see in the NFL on a weekly weekly basis. And so he's got work to do, but they're not going to give up on him. That's for sure. I understand the work to do, and obviously when you're dealing with an injury, the rehab process, but I just don't know where the heck Penning was the entire season and why they couldn't develop him during then. I don't think he was dealing with injuries during the season. Uh, it was just an inability to get into that rotation for whatever reason. Uh, we just saw him coming on the field for field goal unit. Well, I mean, it was the first five weeks that he started, and then after that he was right. you know, out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, Ireland kind of mentioned it there that – it's a coaching decision. Like it was up to the coaches that Penning wasn't ready to play, so they sat him. We'll hear for more from Jeff Ireland when we get back from the break right here on WWL. Coming back with more of Senior Bowl coverage that is brought to you by the Spirit of First American, a banking tradition since 1910. Back with more sports talk right after this here on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Been talking about Senior Bowl. Our Saints sideline reporter, Jeff Nowak, out in Mobile, Alabama, checking in those practices. Sent back some sound today from the uh, sessions for up to for us to check into uh, the Senior Bowl update brought to you by the Spirit of First American Bank, a banking tradition since 1910. We'll get into the second half now of Jeff Ireland, Saints assistant GM and scouting college scouting director right here on WWL. Um, well, I think we're just open to different body types of rushing the passer. You know, there, there used to be these all these 6'4", 34-inch arm, 270-pound, you know, defensive ends, and now guys are getting to the quarterback, and they're, they're a little bit smaller, a little bit faster. I still think you have to play with power, um, but they come in all shapes and sizes, and uh, you have to be ready to uh, have a really clear vision for how are you going to utilize that player. Um, but they, they, they've really all come and uh, all kinds of shapes and sizes. But uh, I think you just have to be open to um, adding that player, but have a real clear vision how you're going to use them. Some of the recent things, obviously, injuries have made it difficult to kind of get an idea of what you really have in Payton Turner and the boss, even Marcus, back before he left. How do you kind of marry that with the ideas like, okay, we think we scouted the right guy, but we just never have gotten a chance to see that? That's a tough answer. That's a tough question. I really don't know the answer to that. I mean, we have enough information on Marcus. We certainly have enough information on Peyton to feel good about the athlete, uh, but you just don't know about the durability and the availability. That's the unknown in this sport, and some, you know, injuries are part of the sport. Um, you can't predict them. You know, whatever injury he had in college is a different injury that he's had in the pros, and you can't predict those things. I wish we could. We do a lot of evaluation and analytical study on injuries and things like that and there's again there's there's no there's no predictor of it it's uh, uh unfortunate is, that that factor into the evaluation of guys that size though? is a 300 pound edge rusher more prone to injury than a 250 pound edge rusher i don't believe that that would be the case but we do study that yeah we do study that how do you feel about last year's draft do you think it's very good I do like last year's draft. I mean, there's there, you wish we had a little bit more information on some of the guys that we drafted. I mean, Nick Saldaberry. We got a really good evaluation of Jordan Howden. We got a really good evaluation of of, of Brise. You know, wish we'd have gotten a little bit more out of Foskey. And you'd love to see the young quarterback play. And you know, Kendra splashed. You know, there in the last game, and we feel really good about him. You know, our our, our postseason evaluations that we had with our coaching staff. Man, there's some really uh, glowing remarks on really all. All of the guys that we that we drafted, we feel really good about them. You know, from my perspective, you know, going into another draft, you just wish you had a little bit more information to say he is this, you know, and or he is that. And um, you know, there's still a little bit uh, of information still left out there that's a little bit unknown. And uh, we so we just keep continuing to develop those guys. And uh, but we feel really good about all of them. Anything yeah, jump out in terms of this class, this group, in terms of position and strength, weakness in terms of this group? Was it too early to process? This? Well, look, I, I don't like to get in the strength and weaknesses of draft, but uh, this is a really strong class, I think. You know, since there hasn't been, um, you know, 120 juniors coming out in every single draft, you know, the, you know, the, you really kind of start honing in on 
you know, guys a lot sooner. And I think that's what we've we've got here. I think there's some really strong um, uh, positional players. Um, there's some really strong offensive players. There's a good 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 group of quarterbacks. Um, you know, so I mean, like, like I'm not going to get into strength and weaknesses, like, but it, but but it, it's a really strong uh, draft, I think. How, how hard is it to have a, a 2017 draft again? I mean, that was that was like the gold standard. Do you? How hard is it to put something like that together? Well, it's very difficult. I mean, you try. You obviously strive to do that every single year. Um, you know, we had a, we had a, I think we had a top 11 pick. We had two picks in the first round. We had, uh, we ended up having three picks in the third round. So, you know, you got to have some ammunition and you got to be well equipped with the resources uh, to have a 2017 draft. We've um, haven't had th- that quite a, you know, uh, resources at the top of the draft or, or in the front end of the draft in terms of the first three rounds and, and since 2017. So, if, uh, if, if we're armed with that, um, you got a better chance for sure. How do you feel? about your process you know you just went through the process again I mean obviously you're here and Mickey and the organization obviously speak lonely about you but just going through that process how was that again this year for you which process are you talking about for the Chargers general manager oh yeah it's a great process it's energizing it's uh, it's exciting um, felt like I had a great interview with those guys I really appreciate the Spanos family for uh, for, for interviewing me and um, but look you know those, those there's only 32 of them probably less than that when uh, you got ownership involved but uh, it was energizing it was fun to prepare for it's fun to really dive into a to a team uh, as as much as you do when you prepare for those jobs that I normally probably wouldn't do if I'm not interviewing for a job so it was a lot of fun um look I mean I I'm not Throwing, in, throwing up the white towel or anything. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, Cody's a is a talented young scout. Uh, uh, he's been with me since uh, since the Miami days. I'm I'm really excited for him to start a new journey for uh, for for the Denver Broncos. But uh, we're gonna be just fine. We got a lot of great scouts and a lot of young guys that are elevating up, and uh, I look forward to you know teaching another young guy. And um, you know, but we're gonna be just fine. The ammunition you're talking about earlier. Just how do you feel about kind of where you guys are at now, and then. Yeah, guys are maybe projecting for some comp picks. Middle. Yeah, I think we're going to have some comp picks. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be yet, but uh, you know, I mean, we do have some ammunition. So, I mean, I'm excited about uh, um, you know putting the board together where we can get some really good players. I was just going to follow up about Pete left to go join Sean. Yeah. Just thoughts on you know him partnering up with Sean again. I know you're obviously close with both of them. Yeah, look, Pete's a, an unbelievable person, uh, an unbelievable coach. Uh, we're going to miss him. Um, he's been a lot to to me just in terms of how we see things eye to eye. He had a really clear vision for what he was looking for. Um, and I wish him wish him well. I'm not surprised that Sean, you know, brought him over. And, uh, you know, that tandem was was obviously good for a, for a long, long time. So, um, you know, wish wish him the wish him the best, obviously. How do you kind of see the, well, you're not going to give a certain evaluations, but like the quarterback class after the top three, like guys like Bo Nix, Michael Penix, the guys who are here at the Senior Bowl and how that might improve their stock or just. Kind of- oh, I think it's a great opportunity to, um, for those guys to, you know, get in with the teams, um, really get to understand who they are. 
Um, look, they're, they're, they're broadening their, their aspect. You know, you get the first couple of draft or quarterbacks that can go off early, and these guys, you know, may or may not, you know. But, uh, you know, there's 32 teams here evaluating them, and uh, I think it uh, certainly broadens uh, everybody's scope to uh, what kind of person they are and what kind of player they are. And we always want guys to compete in this game, and, um, and they are, and we appreciate that. That is Saints assistant general manager and college scouting director Jeff Ireland, who is over in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. He talked a little bit in that clip about the compensatory draft picks uh, the Saints are expected to get. Uh, Those are three fifth-rounders, according to Over the Cap's final projections. We won't know for sure until the official comp picks are announced later this year. That's typically a week before free agency starts in March, but we do know Right now, the Saints do hold a first-round selection, which is 14th overall, a number-two selection coming from the Denver Broncos in the trade for Sean Payton. That is number 45 overall. Then they don't have another pick until round five. That's 148th overall, uh, a six-rounder, which is 191st, another six-rounder from the Philadelphia Eagles, which is 200, and another seventh-rounder. Uh, via the Denver Broncos, which is number 229. So hopefully those three fifth-round compensatory picks do come through for the black and gold as more ammunition maybe to move up into the third round of this draft because right now they do not have a third rounder, Charlie. Yeah, well, you could also trade back with your first-round pick. We don't see this team do that. No, you don't, (laughs) but that's what Mike and I were kind of discussing is that it makes sense to potentially trade back in this draft because of how deep it is at certain positions, especially tackle. So if you move from 14 to, let's say, in the 20s or something like that, if some team really wants to trade up and get that edge rusher or just someone that's going to be gone by the mid-teens, they want to move up to pick 14 with the Saints, the Saints can move back and potentially get extra picks in the second, third round so that you don't have that big of a gap between your second pick, which is, you know, Denver's second rounder, and then, you know, the fifth round. And you may get those compensatory picks in the fifth round, which is good, and you can use that for trade ammunition to move up later on in the fourth round. But as far as picking up second and third round picks, you would probably have to move back from your first round spot, which the Saints never do, as you said. But it makes sense in this draft. Yeah, it depends, obviously, how the board shakes out. Uh, If there's obviously somebody there that they're enamored with, they're going to go after their guy. I I don't see this team making the move to get up and and draft a young quarterback. I think it's going to cost way too much ammunition to get up in the first four or five picks to, to be able to land you know, say a Jaden Daniels. Uh, while it's a nice dream, I just think that it's just going to cost way too much equity that this team can't afford to do right now. The top three picks of the draft are going to be in order. Caleb <laughs> Williams, number one. And then it gets, well, yeah. I say in order, but I don't know who's going to go 2-3. But Jaden and Drake. See, I've had a problems doing, I don't know if you've done any uh, mock drafts, but pro football focus for whatever their draft, their mock draft machine does not want it to come out that way at all. And in fact, I've had Jaden Daniels dropping to the teens in the draft, and I just think to me that's absurd. If Jaden drops at all, then that's when the Saints... Sure, then then you might make a move, right? Right. Uh, but he's not going anywhere. But then the phone call might the phone might be ringing a lot more too. Yeah, he's and not. You can get a lot the, of draft capital in return. The top three are going to be quarterbacks, and then that's what that question was asked in that pressers. What do you think about the next guys that are going to be available? Because you're not going to be able to move up into the top three of this draft from 14. At the same time, you're looking at 
Michael Penix, Bo Nix, all these guys that are going to be at the Senior Bowl, and that's this is when you get your first looks at them. So if you know one of them is there at 14, and you really like them, and you got to know them from the Senior Bowl, and you looked at them at the Combine, and they're a first bona fide first round pick, they're high on your draft board, and you really want this quarterback prospect, that's when you use that pick to get them. I don't know if well, I mean, we'll find out what happens. We're not really sure how Penix and Knicks have looked so far, but that's something that we'll definitely have to ask Jeff about is the quarterback play at the Senior Bowl um, because this year it's a lot more loaded with quarterback prospects than it was last year. Was it Kuyper or Bucky Brooks that came out with the draft that had the Saints taking Bo Nix? I, I, I think it was Brooks. I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. To me, that was a complete waste, and I, I wouldn't even have Knicks going mid-round for me. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we're going to step away, take a break. When we get back, we'll get into more of our Senior uh, Bowl Sound Bank. We'll hear from Phil Galliano, assistant special teams coach. Also, former Tulane Green Wave signal caller Michael Pratt. When we get back right here on WWL. You ever dream of riding in a carnival parade? Well, WWL's got a spot for you and a guest to roll with the crew of Argus on Mardi Gras Day. Ride high atop a float with everything you need, costume and throws for two, all free. Just go to WWL.com slash contest now and register for your chance to win the ride of a lifetime and the greatest free show on earth. with WWL. I think I butchered that there, Charlie. Sorry. Uh, getting into our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. David and Gulf Shores wanted to talk a little bit about talent evaluation. Want to get to him before we get into our Senior Bowl sound bank again. What you got, David? Well, you know, I just want to – I think I'm thinking about Buddy D. You know, the one thing that Buddy D used to talk about all the time was talent evaluation. And he used to bring it up all the time because the Saints were terrible about it, as you know. And I'm sitting here thinking, when's the last time we hit a home run? I mean, I'm listening to Jeff Ireland, and we sound like we're all cocky about how great we are at evaluating talent and picking this and picking that. I would do the opposite of whatever they think they're going to do because – they haven't, they haven't hit with somebody dynamite in a long time. And number two, I think the Saints are sorely mistaken on the pulse speed of the city of Gulf Shores, right? I mean, of New Orleans right now. There's season ticket holders like me. We're so upset. We're so disappointed. We need some kind of drastic thing to happen during this draft. They might have to trade up and give away the farm to go number to get some kind of quarterback or something. I don't think they realize the pivotal moment they are right now in Saints history. And the reason they don't realize it is because they're sold out and they got a waiting list of 30,000 people, so they're not getting hit in the pocketbook. People are coming no matter what, and it'd be a different, they'd be singing a different song if they weren't getting the money coming in. And that's what's going on right now. But the Saints need to hit a home run on this draft now more than ever, in my opinion. David, I definitely know this past season was frustrating from the outcome, but it was still – a winning season in the end, and obviously this team was fighting for a playoff spot uh, right until the very end, and unfortunately uh, it didn't turn out the way it should have, but I understand the, the how fans are upset right now, and I guess you get spoiled with winning because uh, it's it's pretty much playoffs or bust, I think, every year with this, the Houdat Nation. Mike said it in the last hour to David's point about talent evaluation and how it hasn't been really great since that 2017 draft class was one of the best well, it was a home run right it, one of the best not even in the past decade ever I mean in the first round you have two picks in 2017 you get Marshawn Lattimore an all pro corner and Ryan Ramchick an all pro tackle 
the, the two most important positions outside of quarterback on the football field is cover corners in the in the current day NFL cover corners and protection pass pro like tackles. Uh, now Ryan Ramchick ended up playing right tackle. I think left tackle is a little bit more important, but you get you hit two slam dogs with those two picks. We'll see what happens with Ramchick with his injury concerns. Right. But after that 2018 first round, and it's been it's been the premier picks that have been misses, and that's why. I think people are really kind of nervous about this, you know, talent evaluation staff on the Saints uh, because they haven't hit since then. I'll go through the picks. In 2018, you take Marcus Davenport at pick 14. Didn't work out. No. 2019, you don't have a first-round pick. The first player you take was Eric McCoy, the center. You know, he's he's been a good center. He's, uh, he's not Max Unger like Bobby always says, but he's been a serviceable center. He's your center of the future. You got him locked down on a long-term extension. Right. Same thing with the 2020 first-round pick, Cesar Ruiz, who you're not playing at right guard. You've got him locked down as well, but is he really that Has great really lived guard? up to his hype, right? Not really. 2021, you get Peyton Turner, who has been just decimated by injuries. We haven't seen him. And that's something that Ireland had mentioned in that presser was that you can't predict injuries, but Peyton Turner hasn't worked out. 2021 or 2022, you had two first round picks, Chris Olave, you know, a good wide receiver two. I don't right. think he's necessarily a wide receiver one. And then Trevor Penning, who is, we, I mean, we don't know. We, we don't still know don't at know. all. Like, I mean, he's just like Peyton Turner. He's dealt with injury issues, but when he's seen the field, it's been very limited action. What's the plan for him in the future? Ireland said that they still believe in him. They're not going to give up on him. I totally understand that because it's a first round pick that you used. Uh, and then 2023, Brian Bercy, who had a good rookie season. Definitely. So that's, I mean, you're looking at Olave and Brissi, you know, Ruiz as your top guys taken since that 2017 draft class. It's No, the Davenport, Turner, and Penning ones are definitely the ones that stand out and are going to make pan, fans skin crawl. And they're, they're misses on the lines. What yeah. was the thing that Parcell said? Like, if you miss on, you know, a lineman drafting a big guy, it's like you miss two picks. Like you got to go out and get the most talented guys on, and and to solidify your line play, but when they don't work out, they don't work out, and a lot of these picks have not worked out. Yeah, and obviously everyone's still hopeful for Trevor Penning, but the experiment, like the 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 buzzer, the alarm is sounding. The time is now. Uh, we we need to see something ASAP. We needed to see it yesterday, kind of thing w- with Penning for me, and I, I'm I'm definitely uh, concerned about him going into next year, and I still think obviously. You can't rely on him producing, so you still need to address that position in free agency or the draft. My just kind of ramble about all of this is to say that the first round has <laughs> not been kind to the Saints, and they're going to have to figure out how to fix it, whether if that's you know they find the guy that they want and they want to trade up into the top 10 and get him, or they decide to move back because it's a really deep class at certain positions like tackle, and then they still get the guy that they want later on and add extra picks, accrue extra picks in the second and third rounds by moving back. You got to figure out how to hit this first round pick, Steve. I mean, whatever you do with it, you got to add some kind of a difference maker. No, yeah, we definitely need the difference maker. And yeah, I would say overall, Brazil was probably a BB plus for last year. Uh, solid performer, definitely saw the pass rush skills, want him to improve uh, in the run game. But uh, overall, I think a bright future for him that folks can be at least excited about the development, the talent scouting. Uh, there uh, along the defensive line because they certainly needed the help. 
Yeah, defensive line was one of the big areas of concern, and it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. Neither of the line plays were good this past season, so the Saints need to figure it out. And whether that's taking an edge rusher at pick 14, moving up to get you know your top edge guy, moving down the draft to take a tackle, you got to figure out the, the line play because it just hasn't worked out. We're going to take a break, step away when we get back. More Senior Bowl Stound Bank right here on WWL. Welcome back into Sports Talk and a double dip into our Senior Bowl Sound Bank here. Senior Bowl update brought to you by the Spirit of First American, a banking tradition since 1910. Here's what Phil Galliano, assistant special teams coach for the Saints, had today had to say today in Mobile, Alabama. So just what, what can you kind of gain from this experience of uh, being on the coaching staff? Uh, you know, I think there's a couple points to it. I think, one, it gives me an opportunity to go and, and meet some other coaches throughout the league that I haven't met and, um, you know, some personnel people throughout the league. So from a selfish standpoint, it's an advantage for me to try to be able to go and make some, you know, new connections and that sort of deal. And then uh, it also gives me insight just be in the meetings with these guys and get to hang around with them and help us in the draft. You know, there's so many things that come out of it. Of You know, I'm running a drill and I just see somebody's down and somebody else just hops in there and takes a rep. Like, those things matter, you know, to me and the judgment of how guys love football and want to hop in there and do it. So I think that gives us an insight that can help our organization going forward towards the draft. From the special teams perspective, obviously, like so much of that, I think it is this willingness and wanting to do it. Is that kind of, when you're at the senior bowl, you see a lot of these prospects you might not be getting the pub of, yeah, you know, for sure. And I think a lot of there's a lot of guys that have never done it. You know, like we're in a pro-style punt like we're doing here. I don't think we had anyone who's ever had the kick, kick step for punt protection before. So it's new to them. So it gives them a head start, you know, of what they're going to have to do in the future. And like you said, it definitely is the willingness. Special teams is a desire and a want to. And it's an understanding. And it gives you a feel for the prospect of, does this guy understand and know his role of how he's going to be able to make the team and, you know, go play for a lot of years, you know, whether it's special teams or defense, but it gives them an insight to it. You, you had a, a rookie kicker this year. Evaluate how you think he did. You know, I, I thought he had an above average year. Um, I think the... We're really excited about his future. I think if you can take two kicks back, the short ones that he missed, then we'd be having a different conversation and saying, you know what, he had a really, really good year. Um, but you can't, and he missed them, but he learned from them. And, um, but I'm excited about his future. I think he didn't let any of that affect him. Um, and I also think year two will be a big jump for him because now he knows what to do, how to handle his body. You know, it's a long season for those guys, and they come out of their senior year of college. They go right to training for the combine and the pro days. Then they're right in the rookie camp, and this will be the first time in probably two years that he's actually had some downtime to let his body heal, and, and uh, but we're excited about him. Is that kind of when you go into a season with rookie specialists, you have to kind of be patient when you get to those struggles. Obviously, they missed short kicks, but then we had a stretch of a couple games where you missed some long kicks too. Is that just kind of something you have to be kind of steal yourself for? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, look, there's everybody's going to have misses, right? It's just magnified because it's the kicker. You know, the quarterback throws a bad pass, he's going to have some of those too. It's just not as magnified because when you play special teams, you go out there, you get one play, and then you come off the field. So we understand that. Um, but I think that he'll he'll grow from it. I really do. And I think he bounced back. And the one thing I like about him is his demeanor. Like, he doesn't let one play go into the next play. Um, I think he's really well liked by his teammates and in the locker room. And those guys had full confidence in him. And um, so he'll be better next year. want to thank Saints sideline reporter Jeff Nowak again for this sound. He got at the Senior Bowl today. That was Phil Galliano, assistant, assistant special teams coach for the Black and Gold. Now, former Tulane QB Michael Pratt at the Senior Bowl. 
How'd it go? Thought it went really well. Just getting the offense down, getting used to all the guys, um, just the operation of it. You know, I thought it was good for day one. What have you learned the most since you've been here? Um, just you know, trying to take as much knowledge out of every you know opportunity and experience that you have. Um, you know, the amount of talent that's here, the the guys, the experience that everybody's been through, the coaching staffs. Um, just trying to get as much out of it as I can. You think you have something to prove this week? Yeah, I think everybody here has got something to prove. Um, you know, I just want to play to the best of my ability and, you know, put forth what I can, you know, do and what I'm capable of. What's the thing you've been asked most in the interviews? Uh, in the interviews, it's been all kind of stuff. I mean, basic stuff is, you know, background, getting to know you, um, just upbringing, childhood, um, just the kind of person you are, your your morals, your standards, you know, what you stand for, um, that kind of stuff. I think it can help a lot, you know. I just got to be able to come out here every day, you know, operate, lead, um, you know, do the little things that it takes to, to be successful at the next level. We've been talking to you since the whole game. How is mm-hmm. your health? And is that the reason why get healthy and make sure that you're good to go for all of these endeavors? Yeah, no, I'm 100% good. Um, yeah, I was kind of just preparing for this and, and getting ready. From a tangible perspective, what do you think you're working on the most here? From a tangible yeah. Um I think the biggest thing that I've been working on is, like, getting my footwork right, um, doing the little things that can increase my accuracy, uh, just the little details that I've seen on film and been really working on the past couple weeks uh, throughout training. So I think that that's something that can translate into what we're doing out here. Have you been working with anyone like special? Yeah, I've been working with Tony Rastiopi down in Fort Lauderdale, and it's, it's been awesome. He's, you know, helped me with a lot of things, rotational um, power, um, you know, keeping my base, which has helped a lot with my, my accuracy. Do you have meetings set up while you're here? And, I mean, that's a bit too much information to with the Saints at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have interviews with, you know, pretty much all all the teams uh, here. We get some good amount of time with everybody, so we'll be with them. Carlos Jaquan's out here, too. Is there, like, an extra yeah. comfort level when you have a guy you've worked with? And yeah. What have you seen from him? What is he trying to show people? Yeah, it's been really awesome to have him out here, um, just having a little bit of chemistry and, you know, obviously just also having somebody out here that you know that you can relate with and, and talk to. Obviously, you want to meet new people and, you know, hear different things, but it's it's good to have somebody else out here. So he did really well today. Um, you know, me and him got to go a couple times during one-on-one, and I think we connected two out of two times, so it was awesome. What pride you taking what you did at two yeah, I mean, I've I've been super blessed, super fortunate to have the career that I had at Tulane my past four years. Um, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything. So definitely want to take a lot of pride in what the whole team, you know, did from what I came in as and, and what we left it. When you interview with teams, what are the most important things you want them to know about you as a player and a person? Yeah, I think my uh, my leadership ability, my ability to elevate the people around me. You know, I can sit there and talk about my ability on the field, but you know, that's something that they see on the tape that I can't. You know, no matter what I say, they see it. Um, but but, you know, just kind of relaying, you know, what I can do, being an asset to the locker room and, you know, elevating everybody else around me. How much did they ask you about the injury, Michael, and what do you tell them? The injury? Yeah, that you had this year. What, did they ask you for specifics on that? Or as um, far as... It was just, I just spent my MCLs, pretty basic, yeah. Did, that, did they inquire about that? Is that... Not really. Yeah. Saints quarter, oh, Saints quarterback, Tulane quarterback, Michael Pratt there. Maybe the black and gold end up selecting him later on in this draft. I'm curious to see, obviously, where Pratt ends up. I think he's projected to be either a late second day or early third day selection. Yeah, I think probably third round, somewhere around there. I'm not really sure. I haven't looked at his actual draft projections just yet, but just watching him at Tulane, what he did there in the last two years specifically was just 
astounding. He put he helped put Tulane football back on the map. I mean, they don't go like people give a lot of credit to Tajay Spears, not understandably so for that Cotton Bowl victory. They don't go on that run without Michael Pratt, Steve, specifically the last two years. He was outstanding uh, for Willie Fritz in the Green Wave. Next hour, we're going to be checking in with the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers as we get ready for Super Bowl 58. One final game left in the NFL season. We got the Pro Bowl this weekend, but then after that, Super Bowl in Las Vegas, baby. We'll be back with more one-hour sports talk right after this here on WWL. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.